0: Last week on our weekend edition of Truth For Today, we ended our series, The Romance of Redemption. What is at the heart of romance? Love, as we'll see next, here on Truth For Today. Hi there, and again, welcome to our weekend broadcast of Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard has just wrapped up our series, The Romance of Redemption, a look at the book of Ruth, and today we begin a series simply called God is Love. Over the course of this series, we'll take a look at the distinguishing marks of his love, his condition of love, and how it's shown in grace. Right now, with an introductory look at God is Love, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: We're continuing to look in the series on foundations for our faith, foundations for living, and we come to the uh, uh, infinite subject of the love of God. So, so broad, so big. How does an infinite being get described by a finite being? Poorly. I believe it was Charles Wesley said, Please assist these lisping, stammering lips your praise to articulate. And it is a heavy job. But we want to look at the love of God. And I'm going to look I won't I don't think we'll get through the second or the third point, but we'll look at a definition of God's love, a description of God's love, and distinguishing God's love and Different five, different categories. And so it's a huge subject, and uh, I'll pick it up next week uh, that we may look at it. Let me say something about what makes the subject of the love of God difficult. It is uh, that if you watch enough secular movies, secular writers, if there's anything they love to say of God, it's that God is love. What the world needs is love, sweet love. And uh, they love that about God. But what is excised and what the church has been accused of is I don't want to go to a hellfire and brimstone church. Anybody grow up in churches like that? Where you knew the temperature of hell every week. Because the preacher could report it. I mean, boom, judgment wrath, hell. Now, let me ask you this. Are those subjects taught in the Bible? Is love greater than his holiness? Does God hate sin? Read Psalms just 1 through 50, over 16 times, he'll tell you he hates certain sinners. He'll say, I hate the wicked. You can't do that, God. We have told you, you can hate the sin, but you can't hate the sinner. He says, I hate the wicked. So you have the, how do we harmonize? Does he love? Does he hate? He does both. The loving Jesus was the one that told us the most about judgment and hell. The only one that did so much to keep us from going there. So this this tension is all over. And so you see, in modern literature, uh, we've excised a God of wrath, a God of hell, a God of judgment. Uh, D.A. Carson uh, has a fine little book that I've read. He uh, 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 teaches at Trinity in Chicago. And he wrote a book on the difficult doctrine of the love of God. And he gave the lectureship at Dallas Seminary. And in that book, he tells about when he was studying German uh, in his doctoral program, he was thrown together with an African uh, who was from a French-speaking country in Africa, and a brilliant man, and they were away, I believe they were in Germany, studying. And during that time, this man from Africa was being unfaithful to his wife, And said, in Africa, uh, Carson asked him, he said, if your wife was unfaithful, what would you do? He said, well, she'd be killed. He said, well, why can you? He said, well, we're used to having many women. That's a part of our culture. Uh, And then Carson went on, because I guess the guy was studying theology. And what about God? He said, "Uh, God will forgive. That is his job. That's his job, just to forgive. That's part of my definition of God. Uh, you, you know, God, you've got to love me because I am lovable. See, I, I think today if you ask someone in the street, do you think God loves you? Why, sure. Get over it. Doesn't he love everybody? Doesn't he? God is love. God is, what if I said, did you know that you might be headed for hell? Oh, God could never do that. Why couldn't he? He loves me. Can he love you and still let you go to hell? So it is a rather complex thing to uh, harmonize so many passages uh, on this subject. Let us lift up just by way of skimming through the First John passage. That is quite interesting. He says God is love twice, and it's right in the midst of an ethical section. Teaching believers how to relate to each other. Why? There was a group called Gnostics. Gnostics is built on the Greek word for knowledge. They claim superior insight, superior knowledge. Well, in their Gnosticism, they denied the deity and the humanity of Christ. In their Gnosticism, they were not known for being loving people. That was not a part of their creed. It was just, we know more. We know more. Uh, We have superior insight. And John is writing here that the love of God is what permeates the people of God and their interaction with each other. And so let's just pick up things. It's just by way of introduction. I'm not going to try to explore all the meaning here. But look at just right on the surface. Verse 7. Let's pick up verse 7. He said, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Ah, God is the source of Christian loving. So if we're not loving, we're not in a right relationship with God, okay? You cannot help yourself but to love because it's in God's nature to love. God loves people. He doesn't. Uh, it's, it's his natural behavior. Uh, then watch this. Everyone who knows everything has been born of God and knows God. What What is he saying? Everyone who loves has been born of God. Now, I've been around some people, you've got to have all the right answers to know God. Well, you need some, don't you? You need to know who Jesus is. You need some. But here he says to these believers... Your fellowship will be marked by loving behavior. The children of God pick up the DNA of the God who's love, and that's the behavior. He said, even an unsaved world will recognize in you. They will know us because they see our love. He keeps showing. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. I have Since I've pastored for years, I know people in the church. uh, They're always crossways with someone. They'll say, I can't forgive, or that brother bugs me, bothers me. Uh, I guess it's okay if we bug one another. We're told to forbear one another. Have family life if you don't know what that means, have a bunch of kids. Just any human relationship, there will be give and take, forbear, forgive. That's okay. Uh, but if you don't love, if that's not natural to you, uh, you don't know God. And I, I don't think we say that too often. We usually get people because they don't cut it straight. They don't say, it, say, you know what? You obviously don't know God. Why do you say that? You're so hateful. You're hateful. You're critical. You're negative. You never say a good word about God or his people because you don't know God. And we need to call people to that. Until we see love, we have every right to question your birth in the family of God. It's just a natural outworking of knowing a God of love, right? You can just nod your head like that. I mean, you'll do like that if you don't agree. I know that. Just look at it. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son. God demonstrated his love by the sacrifice of his son. And so, verse 11, since God so loved, we ought to love one another. If God did it, and he's perfect, and he's loving imperfect people, why wouldn't he tell imperfect, forgiven sinners to love imperfect, forgiven sinners? Is that fair? You're imperfect, are you not? A little bit. And so you're commanded to love. God has loved us. He's just saying, carry it out, because he's talking about the church life. If we love one another, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. Goes down to verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in them. And then he goes on to describe that love. Verse 19. We love because we were born loving people. We love because who took the initiative? He first loved us. Don't be passive. I see people even in church passive they 're always like this, and they, I've seen it through the year oh you 're not a friendly church, and you're not you're a very overwhelmingly friendly church, and many people tell us that that are guests. I, I need paid to say that you are, but you 'll see people that are passive about love and they're always they're always evaluating whether you're loving and, and it came up with a line years ago that you 're not commanded to be loved. You're commanded to love. That's so profound. Let me say it again: You've not been commanded to be loved. You can't come up to someone and start telling them, "You got to love me. You got to love me." No, no, no. You, you disregard that. Obey the king. You've got to love. So as God, God first loved us. He initiated it. We love back in response. It's reciprocal. God's loving us, and the reason we love back is we've been so overwhelmed by the love of God. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it's convicting. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. Is that not convicting? That you don't love God any more than the believer that bugs you the most. You don't, don't, don't be telling us you, know, you love God. I love God. I just can't stand you. I love God. Uh, someone said, I, I, I love being, I love God. I just can't stand Christians. And I hear this thing sometimes. Uh, oh, the world's so much easier. So much easier to love. That's like, I can't stand my wife and I hate my kids, but man, the guys on the job are wonderful. Doesn't work. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother. I mean, it is so uh, straightforward uh, that this God, as love, what does that mean? Here's a definition. Definition. I hope you have a set of notes to help you. It is that perfection of God whereby he has a desire for and delight in the welfare of the object of his love, even to self-sacrifice if necessary. God, when God loves something or someone, he desires their well-being, and if necessary, he will go to the point of self-sacrifice. Okay, Grudem said God eternally gives of himself to others. He did it in the Trinity, and when he created, he gives and gives and gives. It's in the nature of God to always be showing his love, and his love is always clearly manifested. He's the giver. He's the giver. He's the giver. Always, always. He's loved us so much. He did all the giving for the relationship. We gave nothing. God's perfect love is his determination to give of himself to show you he loves you. So the love of God is not lust. See, the Greek gods were always lusting after women. They were gods of sex. Uh, They were gods that were angry, moody, had to be pacified, you sacrificed sons, daughters, you did all kinds of abominable things to get along with the gods of the Greek pantheons or the gods of Canaan. But this God comes along and he says, I am the giving God. I'm not a dirty God. I'm not a moody God. I'm a God that is not affected by what goes on in the world as to, I don't wake up moody, depressed, fearful. I never, this God never fell in love with anybody. He chooses all that he loves. You know, know, he says, I just fell in love. A mood came over me. Don't worry, you'll get over it when the rents do. See, I just couldn't. I just, it just came over me like a wave. Well, never with God. God's love is always chosen. And God has emotion. He can feel. He pities us like a father pities his children. So there is emotion. But God is not influenced. He chooses his emotion. He's in charge of it. We are impacted. We are influenced. So let's look at the love being described. Let's start. The source of love is God. He's always the initiator. He's always The source. Uh, None of us were born givers. We're getters. Uh, I mean from the womb. According to the Psalms. We come sinning. We come grabbing. Oh Jacob was snatching his brother's heel. When he was coming out of the womb. That we're snatchers. We're just inherently born. Self-centered. Grabbing for ourselves. God's never had that. He's always been a giving God going out of his way for that which he loves. Two, God's love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. And what we mean by that is not that he's going to love you despite you not wanting him. That ultimately can cost you eternity. But it's the idea... That God has loved us without us being the source of, us, of him loving. There's no cause in us to make him want us. And you hear Romans 5, 6 says, While we were yet without Christ. While we were yet godless. While we were yet weak. And he goes to verse 9. While we hated God. The word enmity, but it means hate. While we hated God... God did his best for us. He loved us. He loved us. He gave his son. You know, we sing around here, uh, he thought I was worth it. Keeping. I thought it's worth dying. Well, it bothers some people because they thought we were saying, well, I'm such a good bargain. I was special. No, 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 no. No, here, here. This is what we're saying. God set a price on you. That only he could pay. Now who set that worth? It wasn't because you were so good. It wasn't because he saw you as a sinner. He saw you as deserving of his wrath. All of us. It's not I'm a better sinner than the other sinner. No. we. None of us deserved it. None of us deserved it. But he comes along and says... I place a bid on this piece of property. I will not buy you with silver or gold. I will buy you with my own life. I'll tell you, friend, you cut it any way you want. He said a worth on me I could have never said on myself. He was saying something. I am willing to sacrifice myself to get you. It's overwhelming. Overwhelming. God's love, number three, takes the initiative. He loved and did not wait to be loved. Did you know God has chosen to love billions of people that will never love him back? How many people on this globe do you think love God back? Love God back. Let me ask you as a believer, how are you doing on your love life with him? Have you told him lately you love him? Have you told him lately how wonderful he is? It's a, Why would God ever have to tell a church, you've left your first love? We fell out of love with him. I'll pick that up next week. That we are responsible to stay in love with God, and it's a battle. You can fall out of love. You can get uh, lukewarm, formal, and get your faith to be nothing but a routine rut of which all the romance of knowing God has evaporated. We all fight it. He takes the initiative. God's love is manifested in action. God didn't send us an email from heaven saying he loved us. God didn't send just a letter. God sent a son. He manifested And he says it. Listen to verse 10. This is love, or oh, let's pick up now, this is how God showed, manifested his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, He, we ought to love him, but this is not love, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. For our sins. See, God takes the initiative. God manifests. And that love is action. It's, you know, James and John warn: If you see a brother in need, don't say be clothed, be fed. Uh, God bless you. We'll pray. Here's a favorite one. We'll be praying for you. Well, I might be starved to death by the time your prayer gets through. Because my brother has a favorite line. He says, all oh, the church will pay for it. And he said, meet the church. I'm the church. Who's the church around here? Send it to Washington, D.C. All oh, the church will pay for it. You and I are the church. Summer night camp happened because you, the church, paid for it. We don't charge the kids. You, you're the church. You're the givers. And so here he says, hey, let us give like God, willing to manifest willing to take that step, willing to make a sacrifice. Well, God's love is sacrificial. You see, you can't do any more than God has done to love you. You can't. It's his best. Now, I think we need to distinguish some things about God's love, and let's just pick up three of them. God has been loving from eternity past, and it's his love among the Trinity. And I hope I gave you those verses that you can look up. There are many of them uh, that if you'll read John, uh, let's see, 14 through 17, you'll keep hearing Jesus and the Father. Father, I love you. The Father, I love you. You hear the father say in Matthew three when the son's baptized and, and all of a sudden he comes up out, this is my beloved son. We don't appreciate the word beloved. It's King James English to us. Wait, but get the Greek tense. Beloved means the ones being present tense loved.
0: Well, as we continue our study through God's Word, it is our prayer that we are finding ourselves digging deep into God's Word and seeing changes taking place in our lives that are really life-changing. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for joining us today. Quick bit of information for you. If you would like to contact us, here's how to do so. You can reach us toll-free at 855 833 9864, or by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Also, I have a date for you. Please, mark it on your calendar and join us. November 10th, our friendraiser takes place then, and we'll have more information in the ensuing weeks. But right now, I'd like to get you to get it onto your calendar so that you can join us. November 10th, put it on your calendar, and then plan on spending an evening with us and our friendraiser. That's November 10th. Details soon to follow. But for now, if you'd like to know more about us, you can reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, and the zip code is 94547. This is a listener-supported ministry, which simply means we're able to present Truth For Today on a daily basis on this radio station because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Take a moment. Would you consider how the Lord might lead you to partner with us financially in this ministry as we continue to share the gospel of Christ on a daily basis here on Truth For Today? We thank you so very much for that. And then trust we'll see you next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.